in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? The Montreal Canadiens eliminated the Toronto Maple Leafs in Game 7. Last night, the Maple Leafs blew a 3-1 series lead. Toronto has made the playoffs five straight seasons. They have not won a single playoff round in those five seasons. Uh, they are the most disappointing team in hockey, and it's not even its not even close how much more disappointing they are than anyone else in this sport. My favorite part was on Twitter last night when people were saying, give us an NFL comparison for who the Toronto Maple Leafs are. And Bill Barnwell nailed it. He's like, oh, they're the Cowboys, right? <laughs> the big name, big brand franchise that everybody knows, that everybody expects to be great. And then you look up and you're like, wait a second. They haven't won anything in two decades. Like, how has this happened? They, they go out and they spend. They've got big name players. And yet... They don't actually get anything done. Uh, the The other best part about this series was that because it was Toronto and Montreal, no matter who lost, there was going to be an apoplectic Canadian fan base, and that's hilarious. Okay, we are in the United States. We are not in Canada, but I was still stunned last night that Game 2 of Boston, New York, was on NBC Sports Network and Game 7 of Toronto, Montreal, because they were at the same time. Good job, NHL. Toronto, Montreal was on CNBC. Which is where the entire series has been buried. Like, I've got my DirecTV set up to where, yeah, you know, the 50 channels that I use most often are the ones that pop up in the guide. I've had to, like, open up the guide to, you know, every one of the 700 channels I get to find this series all the way throughout. I mean, I, I don't really understand it. I mean, I understand. Like you said, we're not in Canada, but... A couple of original six franchises, like in battle of these two fan bases, I, I think it warrants better. It was game. I just assumed it was game seven. I like I was on NBC Sports. They didn't start it. I went to NBC first. I was like, well, they wouldn't do that on a weekday, but it's surely not on CNBC, which is where it was. CNBC. <laughs> Next question. Anthony Davis is expected to miss game five. He's got a groin injury. Uh, they are, I guess, hoping he could be back for game six. That series is 2-2. Uh, they play tonight. Uh, legitimate chance the Lakers lose this series now? Absolutely. If Anthony Davis isn't, isn't there. I mean, you've got two games in Phoenix, potentially, if it goes seven. And Anthony Davis looks like the healthier of the two between him and LeBron James in this series. LeBron's not right. Like, LeBron's going out there and, you know, overwhelming people on, like, 75% athleticism and all of his talent. But Anthony Davis, with that groin issue, they say they're going to reevaluate him, but if he doesn't come back, this is a legit Suns team. That Game 4 performance from the Suns was impressive. 
I did not think the Suns had that left in them. And it just goes to prove that, you know, the fact that they finished second in the Western Conference this year was not a fluke. Yeah, and this is where the regular season and getting the seven seed hurts the Lakers. Because if if the Lakers were fully healthy, if you told me LeBron and Anthony Davis were 100%, it kind of didn't matter what their seed was going to be. They were going to be favored in pretty much any playoff round, and I would have expected them to win. But because they're not, had they been the two seed or whatever, and had they been playing a Grizzlies team or a, a Warriors team or something like that, then they probably still win, even with a hobbled LeBron James, even if Anthony Davis has to miss a couple of games. But because they got the seven, because they're playing, like you said, a legitimate team, a legitimate Phoenix Suns team, it's it's the end of the Lakers. Like if Anthony Davis doesn't come back, I, I, I do not see them winning two of the next three against Phoenix if Anthony Davis doesn't play in any of them. I will tell you that I've put my money where my opinions are, and I'm already in on the Suns for tonight. Lakers in six. Next question. Naomi Osaka pulled out of the French Open. So if you have not followed the Naomi Osaka news, uh, she did not participate in any of the press conferences that are normally associated with athletes playing in the French Open. She was initially fined $15,000. The French Open had threatened to default her out of the tournament as well. Uh, She had cited mental health reasons as the reasons for skipping the press conference. And yesterday, she came out and withdrew herself and said she's going to take some time away from the court. Also talked about the mental health issues she has had and how press conferences do not help her when she is in any sort of uh, depressive state. So I listen, I don't know what the right answer here is because every sports league that we know of understands the value of having press conferences, having media availability because they, they need the coverage. They want the coverage. The coverage goes to the fans. The fans are the reason that their sport exists. Their sport is able to make as much money as it does But I also don't think forcing Naomi Osaka to either do the press conferences or threaten to default her is the right answer. If you vilify Naomi Osaka over this, you're a loser. Because Naomi Osaka is doing exactly what we want her to do. She's being open and vulnerable. What she's posted on her Twitter explaining where she's coming from, explaining her reasoning about why doing the press conferences hasn't worked for her, She's been as vulnerable and honest as any athlete can be. And that's supposedly the idea behind having the press conferences, right? Is to get insight into the athletes. Well, Naomi Osaka is coming out and giving you all the insight you could possibly want. So when we come down to it, do we ever actually watch these press conferences? No, we don't. If we got the quotes later, would we care anymore? No, we wouldn't care at all. This is about the French Open trying to protect its broadcast partners and being able to get the things that it wants out of it. But, you know, in the end, we all lose because being able to watch Naomi Osaka play tennis is the end goal for everyone. The casual fan doesn't give a damn about whether or not she does a press conference. Yeah, like that at the end of the day is is the brutal part of this from the for the sport of tennis is that they they lose Osaka and it ultimately lose her over something like a press conference, which, again, They understand the importance of it, but it's not as important as the actual game. The actual sport itself is what's important. I just, I don't know what the actual answer to to, to this problem is, though, because if you gave athletes the option to not do it, they wouldn't do it. And I don't think any of the leagues across the world would be okay with that. 
No, but, but you could do it in a more controlled fashion, right? Like, I don't think that Naomi Osaka is going to be opposed to talking to the media at any point in the future. In fact, if you look at her note from yesterday, she even apologizes to what she calls the, quote, cool journalists. Like, she is not opposed to the idea of talking. She just talks about how in that moment that it gives her anxiety. And think about it. We care about tennis for, what, a grand total of eight weeks a year? Right? Like the majors go two weeks apiece, and those are the ones we watch, and those are the ones we care about, and those are the ones where the athletes have all of the pressure on them. And we talk all the time about the focus that it takes to win a tennis tournament, to win a golf tournament. Well, yeah, if your focus is that locked in for the only eight weeks a year that matter, it's not the same as having a 162 game Major League Baseball season where you got to run the manager out there every night to try to explain why he changed relievers in the seventh inning. <laughs> Man, you know, that's a great question. Chelsea beats Manchester City in the Champions League final. one nothing. Jared has Woo! won a free lunch. Adam, I know you're not involved in this, but Ed and I now have to buy Jared lunch. Jared, are you going to be like Mike Grimala and just ask for a loaf of bread and peanut butter? <laughs> you kind of no, I mean no. Honestly, I was I've I've been scouting out like what place does like the best lunch special of like you know like I've been looking at a lot of different places owned by Gordon Ramsay. Oh, oh, you're not letting them off easily. <laughs> no, it's gonna wind up being like gonna be a baconator or something really simple because I'm gonna forget in and, three months. And Wendy's is the closest thing to the station. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Great question. Thank you. Oh, man. I this feel is like why you I should, haven't talked all day. I all feel right. like you should lose the lunch <laughs> bet just because of that. My God, playing the wrong sound. Lights FC. Buttons are hard. Lost to San Diego Loyal 2-1 to one over the weekend. Uh, these were the last two teams in the standings in the West going into the game. Uh, Lights still managed to lose. The Loyal had lost all four of their games prior to this one. Adam, I, I know you don't pay attention, so I'm just really asking this question out into the void. I don't understand how this team is so bad. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, they've got guys that get loaned down from LAFC that have played Major League Soccer games before. Like, they're not getting the star players from LAFC, obviously. But they've got guys that have played in Major League Soccer before, and they suck. Like, they're, they're, like, they're not even competitive. They were in this one, but in some of their other games, they're not even competitive. With USL teams, I don't, I don't comprehend how they're so bad. I don't really understand why a team named San Diego Loyal is allowed to win anything. Like, that's an awful name. Shouldn't they have had to default the game based on being called the San Diego Loyal? I mean, would have been nice for Lights FC if they had gotten some a free win out of it. But yeah, I'm just hey, saying, like, they didn't move, therefore they're loyal. Oh, cool. They've been an organization for less than two years, but. They're loyal. I just, I know, I know there's no answers. I don't, I, I watch them more than anybody else talking on this show right now. And I have no answers. I just don't get how they're so terrible because they're, they're uh, bad. They're bad. You didn't need to add talking on this show. You watch them more than anybody else. Calm down. That's a great, great question. Las Vegas Aces beat the Indiana Fever twice over the weekend by a combined 59 points. They blew out the Fever both times and this is like this is the perfect example of the aces being a great regular season team but it not always translating to the playoffs 
Because a team like the Fever, they can simply beat up. Like, the Indiana Fever cannot score against Liz Cambage. They do not get any layups when Liz Cambage is on the floor. She simply blocks them, or you don't even get to the rim against her. The Fever have no chance, and this is why the Aces are going to end up at the end of the season having the best to the second-best record in the WNBA, but it's not actually going to translate much to postseason success because that's not the Seattle Storm. Okay, so I just want to make sure I have this clear. So a really good regular season team that plays physically that uh, cannot get past a more talented opponent in the playoffs. We are we're talking about the Aces, not the Golden Knights, right? Welcome to Vegas. Next question. Also in Las Vegas Aces-related news, Kelsey Plum and the U.S. women qualified for the Olympics in three-on-three basketball. But maybe more of a headline is that the U.S. men did not qualify for the Olympics in three-on-three basketball. I'm going to read to you the names of the players on the men's team, though. Robbie Hummel, Dominique Jones, Kareem Maddox, and Joey King. Isn't Joey King an actress? Okay, well, Robbie Hummel, best known for his work on Westwood One and ESPN at this point. Um, there was no one else available? Really? I mean, uh, now, granted, granted, um, I did see that USA Baseball, I think, was throwing Matt Kemp out there last night. So, apparently, we're just not taking these international competitions very seriously. Uh, Joey King, the actress, is five foot four, so that might be why we are not qualifying <laughs> for the Olympics. Coming up next, no one wants to give the A's public money to come to Vegas. They also don't want to give them public money in Oakland either. Uh, Dave Cobble with us, the Oakland A's president. So, is Las Vegas leveraged to get $855 million out of Oakland for uh, your Howard Terminal site? Well, I think it's important to remember that it's very unusual for Major League Baseball to take a public stance to direct a team like the A's to explore um, other markets uh, like Las Vegas. I think the league and ourselves feels that the progress in Oakland has just not been uh, fast enough. We spent almost five years and we still have a, a ways of a way to go. And so we've um, started the process in Southern Nevada to meet with key stakeholders to understand what's possible. And that's a very serious process. You know, only one team has really been given authorization to do that in the past, and that was the Expos when they moved uh, to, to Washington, D.C. So it's a big step. It's a big deal that the league is very involved in this. We're working with them shoulder to shoulder, and uh, we're going to continue our efforts in Las Vegas, and, and uh, we're already planning plenty of second and a third trip um, very shortly. So the Oakland A's, President Dave Cavill took a trip out to Las Vegas uh, last week. But nobody here wants to give them public money. There's a story in the Review Journal. Uh, they quoted a few people up in the Nevada State Legislature about how giving away public money for those types of endeavors, they can't afford it as a state, that it's a good thing for the community, but they would be hesitant to uh, go ahead with anything that would give public money to a ballpark for the A's. But I was curious about this quote, and I, I wonder if you agree with this. Uh, this is from Assemblyman Tom Roberts, who said, I believe we can lure an MLB team to our world-class city without using taxpayer money. Our loyal fan base, sense of community, team spirit, and sportsmanship are second to none. So can we get a team without using any public money? Tyler, I believe that I can lure... 
the Oakland A's here simply with my winning smile. <laughs> Is this like name that tune to see like how little you can offer in order to win? That's insane. What? They're not coming to any city that isn't offer public money. Does he think that the Raiders were coming here without $750 million from the legislature? Come on, that's ridiculous. But we have team spirit and sportsmanship. Uh, no, we actually don't because Ryan Reeves has been employed in this city for the last three years. We got sportsmanship so much that it's causing people's hair to fall out. I uh, cannot see any way that Las Vegas would land the A's without public money. It is the only reason that Las Vegas is the city that the A's are traveling to. The only reason that this is a city that would be considered is because we are the city that gave the Raiders $750 million. And if you pay enough attention, we've also given a AAA baseball team $80 million in public money. We've given 40 something million for a minor league hockey arena, too. Like, we're not, we haven't been afraid to give out public money for sports stadiums here. That's the reason the A's would consider coming to Vegas. Like, if there's zero public dollars on the table, then the Oakland A's either A, try to build their own stadium somewhere with all private money, or B, they just keep playing in the Coliseum until they find a different city to give them public money. Yeah, please understand the history of this franchise before you start saying the A's are coming to Las Vegas, just the same way the A's, you know, they, they thought they had a deal in San Jose. Major League Baseball and the Giants weren't all that excited about that one. So, you know, look, Dave Cable coming on saying, well, it's a big thing for Major League Baseball to make this offer and say, well, we're, we're going to explore relocation. Yeah, it's an offer that's been sitting out there for quite a while. It's an offer that Rob Manfred was like, yeah, just let us know if at some point you want us to say uh, this isn't working. So this Dave isn't like, right? Yeah. Um, on Dave Cavill, though, because he has been, if you follow him on Twitter, he has been yelling at the media in specifically in San Francisco for making the A's out to be like the greedy bad guys. Uh, because if, if you're unaware, the A's proposal in Oakland, they have a plan where they want to build a $12 billion site and it would be a stadium and like a, a mixed use development with like retail restaurants housing probably the a's have hey we're going to put in 12 billion to build this but they want 855 million dollars in tax money they would pay for infrastructure upgrades because if you're going to have people come to this you need roads parking public transit all that or whatever to get there so they're they're asking for 855 million dollars in tax money and Dave Cabell, the president of the A's, is mad at the San Francisco media because he thinks they're portraying it as the A's are asking for public money. And Dave Cabell's argument is that the $855 million only exists if they build the ballpark because basically it would be a tax district where they pay back the money for the roads and everything with taxes generated at their $12 billion site. And the problem is either Dave Cavill is dumb or playing dumb, and I tend to believe he's playing dumb because he seems like a smart guy. But the biggest, one of the biggest issues with all the projections that come with like sports stadiums and how much money they're going to produce for a city or anything is the idea of replacement because people have discretionary income, and for the most part, people spend their discretionary income, right? Here you're going to a nice dinner or show on the strip, you're, or you're buying yourself something like a – TV or a laptop or something in Oakland, you might be going to an A's game already, but people are not saving up their money in Oakland, waiting for this stadium to open. They're already spending their discretionary income. So when the A's open a new ballpark in Oakland, 
they're simply going to stop spending their money at other places in Oakland and start spending it at this new development. And that's not new tax money. That's simply replacing where the tax money is coming from. Instead of being spent in one part of town, it's now being in a different part of town. And that's the biggest problem with most of these projections for how much money they spent. And Dave Cobble's acting like that's not real, acting like he would just suddenly create $855 million new dollars that nobody was ever going to spend in that city. I agree with that in, in large, broad strokes. In general, though, if you've spent much time around the Oakland Coliseum, the truth of the matter is you're not spending money anywhere near the Coliseum. Like there, there's, It is one of the few stadiums in all of America at this point where, I mean, you can draw a solid two-mile radius around that stadium and say it is either generally unsafe or there are no businesses there in the first place. So I'll give them a little bit of room to say that if you create a whole district that maybe you are going to get people to come out to a meal they weren't otherwise going out to uh, when they come to the stadium. Now, it's important to understand that this idea of building at Howard Terminal, this is not the A's first choice. They wanted they had a site known as the Laney College site that was more of an infill site that didn't require nearly as much. Howard Terminal was and is pretty much a last gasp for Oakland because the Laney College project got blocked uh, largely by the college. And Howard Terminal, uh, when we call it a terminal, it's because this is an active shipping area. Like you're talking about having to do major, major changes to infrastructure in order to make this work. And I've seen the renderings. They're beautiful. It looks like this would be a gorgeous project, but there's a reason it costs as much as it does because it is a major disruption. So what you're saying is instead of $855 million for roads and things, people can just take boats and get shipped into the stadium? Uh, you jest, but you absolutely can uh, <laughs> You absolutely could take a boat to the stadium. Like drive your car somewhere else, get on a boat, and then you just leave it on the boat as it gets taken to the dock, and you get off and go watch the game and then go back to the boat to get your car. Just use the boats as parking lots. Is this some sort of Mississippi thing that I'm unaware of? Do they do this in Mississippi? Do you have, do you have parking boats that you take to the game? Is no. that, I don't know. I, I didn't know if this was something you were making up or if you'd seen before. No, I'm just making it up. I'm trying to oh, fix oh, Dave okay. Cavill's problems. I didn't know if you were talking Trust about me. you know the 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 ferry that you can take between Alameda and San Francisco. But Wait. no, okay, uh, that that one that one uh, does not have parking spaces. But I will tell you, uh, back in the days when he played for the Raiders, it did have Colecchio Semele because that's where I met him. Coming up next, Ed Grady joins us from Colorado. It's a good club. Um, they can really pitch. I don't. They didn't really defend this series, but. They can defend. Um, they they match up, whether it's guys out of the pen, certainly carrying five position players. You know, for the most part, they're going to get their matchups. So it's kind of we know kind of how they approach things, and they're playing good baseball. Really, they uh, you got to give credit to those guys. Ed, how are you? How's the Marriott? That'd be a lot better if your Astros could hold a freaking six-one lead against the Padres. Hey, calm down. Calm down about the Astros bullpen. You know what they did to actually beat the Padres? Zach Granke just had to go eight innings, and then one reliever uh, came in and gave up four runs in the ninth, but they still won. How about your first baseman making a play so Tatis doesn't hit one out of the park? Not the not the real first baseman. Not my first oh, baseman. God, what a disaster. What's yeah, up? Yeah. Uh, how are you? Good, good. How are you guys? We're good. So um, uh, you can go any direction you want on this. I'll just say yeah. Ryan Reeves. What do you think about it? Uh... No clue. Well, I do have a lot of clues. Listen, I, I, I don't know about you guys. I, I've stopped, like, 
trying to predict what the safety, whatever they are, board is going to do. I, I just have no idea. It's almost like goal, goaltender interference. You just wait till they make a call. So I thought he'd get more than two games. But, again, I have no idea what they put into this in terms of their evaluation. They come out and said two games, and yet he pulled hair off his skull. So, I, you know, it's like, okay. Um, I thought he was going to get more. Um uh, given what others have gotten in situations. I thought it was a really, really bad play. But again, whether it's the Graves hit or the you know the uh, Reeves hit on Suter in Game 7, which were just minors in terms of interference, I'm not surprised at too because I don't know what they base any of this stuff on. I, I, thought, I thought the Graves hit was m- worth more. I definitely thought the Suter hit in the back against when he shoved him into the, um, the goalpost was worth more, and I thought this was worth more. So I don't know. I I'm gonna I've I've kind of uh, you know stopped wondering what they're gonna do in these situations. Well, Ed, do you think that they factored too much into the idea that Ryan Graves came back, right? Because it seems to me that they say, oh, you know, there there wasn't an injury, right? Well, there absolutely could have been, which is kind of my contention that what Ryan Reeves did could easily have caused something that made Ryan Graves miss significant time. They're just everyone's fortunate that it didn't. Yeah, I mean, that's a big man leaning on someone's head, even if he has a helmet on. Um, so, you know, and Gray's getting up, like you said, and kind of skating off and then coming back. Maybe, Adam, you're onto something that has something to do with why it wasn't more, uh, the discipline was more harsh, but I'm with you. I don't know if that should be countered in. I think the, the discipline should be based on the play. So if the play is that he takes him down, kneels on his head, and he pulls his hair out, I mean, then you should get more than two in my mind. Um, it shouldn't be, does Graves, you know, come back? That's why a lot of people think, because Janmark didn't come back, Graves should have got more. But on the ice, it was called a minor, so they're going to stand behind that. Just like, like I said, the Suter penalty, it was called a minor, so they don't usually go back and change those. Um, I, I don't know. I think, you know, I think Ryan Reeves has done some things. And look, I mean, Pete DeBoer is going to say he's a clean player, I don't know what Pete DeBoer said when he was the coach in San Jose. I haven't really found those quotes yet. My guess is he didn't believe that completely. Um, but he got two games, and he'll be back for game four in Vegas, and, you know, you move on. I mean, that's, they're the final say, I, I suppose. I don't think he'll appeal it. I think he'll just sit the two games, and uh, then they'll move forward. Obviously, Pete DeBoer defends his own player, saying sure, it's easy sure. to defend that's, him. Yeah. Should he not, though? Like, should we be at a point where a coach or even a teammate can say, that was a dirty play, like that's got no room in, in the sport of hockey? Like, should a coach be able to say that about his own player? I'll be able to say it, yes. We'll never say it. I mean, not, they just won't. He's not going to say that. His teammates, you know, it's the whole sports cliche and weirdness of the locker room and everyone thinks in the room, and, and they're always going to find stand behind their game. Sure, they should be able to say it if that's what they believe. I, I would hope they would and kind of, uh, you know, um, advance themselves and, and, and try to become more um, transparent about situations, but they'll never do it, but they should be able to say it. And yet, you and I both know if he comes out and says that, I mean, talk about the room. If your coach is out there saying, I've got a dirty player, what's going to, you know, his worry is what's going to be in the room? Well, you didn't protect our guy. I mean, you know, it's the age old story. It's been happening forever. So, yeah, I mean, how he thinks internally when he looks at those things, we'll never know. Like, I mean, you know, when he looks at, hit on Suter, I, I don't know, what would he, how could you look at that and say that was a necessary hit? I mean, it's completely unnecessary what he did there, and I think this was unnecessary. The Graves one's weird, you know, yeah, it, I, the Graves one's hor- you know, bad in people's minds because Janmark didn't see him coming now. Should he peripherally have known someone was there? I don't know. I mean, it happened so fast. I thought he went more toward, you know, through the shoulder. 
People are saying, you know, he headhunted. I don't agree with that. It was a bad hit, but I thought he went through the shoulder and is kind of he propelled up into the neck area. So, again, that's all called on the ice. Um, it was a hard hit, you know, probably unnecessary. But, again, that was what was called on the ice. So that's what it is. Seven to one, the final in the game, Ed. Um, it is very common in the playoffs that we say it's just one game. Uh, did it feel like just one game? No, it didn't feel like that when you watched them play. And again, they had a lot of time off, so you knew they were going to be faster than usual. Um, it didn't feel that way. And yet, you know, again, I wrote this morning, I know they're different teams, but this happens all the time. You know, 2018, they beat the Sharks 7 0, they lose the next game. I mean, you know, the Sharks beat them 4-0 later in the series. BGK wins the next game. It'll be much closer tonight because it always is. I mean, it just always is. There's no way it's 7-1 tonight. Flurry's in net. Um, at least I assume he is. I mean, they, they practice at 1, but there's no chance he's not in net. I think that was the plan all along. I, I truly believe, i got to be honest with you, that even if Leonard wins the other night, Flurry's in net. I think he handled it like he did Dallas in the bubble where Flurry got in once because Leonard had played a seven-game series against Vancouver, and then Leonard was right back in. I think he's made... The decision, or at least we, you know, how he's played it, that Fleury's is number one right now. So I think Fleury will be much better, and I think it'll be close. I mean, if you're telling me they win four three tonight, like I'm not even going to blink. Now, if you tell me they lose four two, I won't either. So um, it felt more than seven one, but I also think tonight's completely different. Um, would you say Nathan McKinnon is fast like Henry Ruggs? Yes, but not fast like Connor McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> what so, if, so, you know, the, the, it, this will shock you that the Avalanche, the Avalanche played their pregame show, um, their entire pregame show on the video board. You know, so people, I guess, can watch before the game, which I, the Knights don't do. They have some, like, they have interviews with Stormy and everything, but they don't play the entire um, pregame show on their board. But the, not, the Avalanche do. I mean, right when we got in there, an hour and a half, they're already playing it. Um, and they really went out of their way to say Nathan McKinnon is not only the best player in the league, but the fastest. Um, and I had, I won't say, a media member, uh, let's say of the, of the Knights, he's a Knights media member, run down the hall and say, did these people forget about Connor McDavid? And I'm like, well, I don't really know or care at this moment, but um, yeah, he's really, really fast, and he's really good, and uh, their front, their, you know, you guys saw it, you know, the top line dominated. Um, and that was really the first time, I think, of the eight games, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, of the eight games, that's really the first time that line really dominated the Knights. I mean, I thought they kind of held McKinnon and those guys in check for the most part over eight games, and they didn't the other night. Now, again, it's going to be hard for that top line to me to replicate that tonight because the Knights are going to be better tonight. Um, still, McKinnon still might score, and they might win by one or two, um, but I'll have a hard time believing that front line will dominate like that, maybe even again this series. Not to say that Avalanche won't or probably you know people think should win the series. I just think it's going to be a lot closer. Well, Ed, to answer that unnamed Golden Knights media member, I did forget about Connor McDavid because he got swept out of the playoffs. So I'm yeah. not worried about Connor McDavid right yeah. now. No, Goodness gracious. I don't know if anyone is worried about Connor McDavid, but it was funny. The, the, the media member said he's the most powerful skater in the league. He's not the fastest. And I'm like, well, you know, apples and oranges. I don't. It, I just, you know, I looked at it and I said, you know what? I think he's, I know he's really good. I don't know if you put the clock on both of them going around the ice, you know, doing a few hot laps or three or four hot laps, who's going to win. I just know, man, Nathan McKinnon, they're both really good players. Nathan McKinnon the other night was really, really good. So they're going to have to deal with that line. Um, and maybe they, I'm sure they, you know, DeBoer said they watched a lot of tape. My guess is they went back and watched a lot of tape from when they beat them four times. 
and said, okay, this is what we were able to do, so let's try to do that. How many times have you had Jimmy Jones? Zero, but oh, some, but, wow. but it's, a, it's a rookie mistake because someone pointed out uh, there is one two blocks from my hotel. Oh, man. Ed. I know, I know, I know. That close, I'm working. You, I'm working hard. That close, and you haven't even been. Unbelievable. No, no it was just no. It was uh, it's a you know, it's definitely um, it's interesting. No masks if you're vaccinated anywhere. Um, so here here in Denver, definitely on the honor system. Um, which you know, I guess a lot of places are now. They're all in the honor system. So no masks. It's a little little weird. Um, in terms of uh, everywhere you go, except again, except the arena. The arena you have to have a mask on. Um, but yeah, it was two blocks away. Someone said, I, I mentioned like, oh, I don't think there's a Jimmy John's. They're like, it's one, two blocks away. I'm like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> bad mistake by me. <laughs> well, you know, hold on, hold on. We can give Ed a pass if there's one way to give Ed a pass. Are you staying at a full service Marriott? No, courtyard downtown. Oh, for the love of God. I was trying to bail you out here and but, say that if there was a Marriott I, I restaurant, you were this, trying to get your points. But I will tell you this. It's. One of the better ones around to where it's full service, <laughs> other than when courtyards don't have room service, but they wouldn't do that with COVID anyway. So it's pretty much a, it's, yeah, it's, I'll say it's a full service. I'll say it's a full service. Uh, you know, you lost your bet, right? Man City did yeah, not I know. beat Chelsea. I, uh, we, owe, we owe him lunch. Yeah, this is going to be brutal. What is he going to want? Uh, I, he said he's going to forget and we're going to end up buying, buying him Wendy's, so. That, oh, well, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm all in for that. <laughs> I have been doing some research on different restaurants on the strip, and I'm going to okay. try to find something with a good lunch special. Only two or three courses. Okay. <laughs> hey, you won. You won the bet. You're uh, you're you're entitled to what uh, whatever uh, fare you want. No, so, uh... no, no, Ed. No, I'm not. I will be reasonable. <laughs> we should, uh, Ed. We should not bring it up ever again, and just see if Jared forgets. He might. That's the thing. He might not remember, so we might never, never uh, pay. <laughs> it's uh, it's so good that good. you're. It's good that you're gone right now because we don't have yeah. to pay it in right now. <laughs> so it's very good that you're just not do, here. Do you guys have predictions for tonight? Golden Knights win five to four. Yeah. What do you think, Adam? I'll go ahead and take Colorado four to two. <sighs> okay. Adam yeah. bet on the Golden Knights to win the series too. By the way. Oh yeah. What number did you get? Uh, Golden Knights to win the series prior to Game One at plus one eighty. Uh, if you want yeah. to bet them now, you can get plus three sixty. Uh, wow! On I mean, you know this far better than I do. Is that? I mean, I know they. It's an overreaction, great, but is that an overreaction? That yeah, it's totally no. It's completely an overreaction. Come on, they had the same amount of points in the regular season. Colorado is better yeah. than Vegas, but they're not yeah. plus you know plus one eighty before the series better than Vegas. Wow, that's amazing! You can get them to describe. I, mean, I don't bet, but if I did, I'd be all over it right now. It's only one game. Well, it's only one game, and as I told the guys earlier, uh, at the South Point, they moved Colorado to plus 180 to win the Stanley Cup after the Toronto game last night. They had the Golden Knights at 9-1. to one. So, oh, okay, I'll take 9-1 to one after uh, after that one game. It's weird. I'm not going to uh, – I will say that uh, I asked my colleague who knows as much as anyone, ben, Benjamin Goats, and I said, what do you think? He said 4-2 Avalanche. Listen, he said. He said it'll be a lot close. You know, everyone knows it'll be closer. It's not gonna be seven to one again. If it's look, if it's seven to one, then you know, give them the series now. If they do that again, but he he said the same thing. He said no. He goes, Flurry will be better, and they'll. You know, it's hard. It's hard to watch the other night though and see them get seven and think they're only gonna get like one. You know what I mean? It's like okay, right? They're gonna get three or yeah. four just because who they are, but they're not gonna get seven again. The thing is, 
you know, I, I saw that Grubauer, along with Flurries of Vesna finalists, was Vasilevsky. I mean, Grubauer's really good, and he's had two days now instead of one. So I'll, I'll stick with uh, Mr. Candy. Listen, we all know the Golden Knights are going to come back and win this series and then lose to Montreal in the third round. <laughs> you know why? Because Nick Suzuki's going to score like seven <laughs> times. <laughs> oh, uh, well. By the way, Ed, before we let you go, J.R. Starkus is now suggesting restaurants for Jared to pick. Uh, he's a great Starkus guy. Just, can Starkus just stick with scaffolding and weird kids mm-hmm. baseball? Mm-hmm. Stop with the nonsense. We don't nice. want to hear that. Be nice if he did. All right, Ed, uh, get out of here. All right, guys. Enjoy the talk rest you of your time in Colorado. All right. I'll talk to you guys. See you. All right. Can't believe he didn't know there was Jimmy John's. So that cl- I thought the first thing he did was check. I thought he booked his hotels based on where the Jimmy John's was. thought that was the whole Ed Graney shtick. All right. Coming up next, Luke Perkdandy will join the show, plus our sharp one on Friday. We're checking in on the latest news from PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. Joining us now from PropSwap is Luke Perkdandy. So, Luke, I feel like I'm asking you this every week now, but they continue to be the most fascinating team in the NBA playoffs. What are people doing with Lakers tickets now that Anthony Davis is hurt and that series is tied? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting story, of course. Like, I think generally people are still holding on to their Lakers futures. I get that AD, it seems like that injury will be short. It's not like he'll be done for the playoffs, as far as I've heard so far. So I think generally people are holding on to their Lakers tickets. Now, at the same time, if you can pick up a Phoenix Suns ticket at 30 to one odds to win the NBA finals, like that becomes pretty interesting. They just got to win two more here and bounce out the Lakers. Um, so, you know, and on the other side of the bracket, everyone's asking me, what should I do with my Sixers <laughs> NBA finals ticket that they got at 40 to one odds. Now they're down to five to one, you know, is the recipe to beat Philly just hack Ben Simmons at the end of the game? <laughs> Possibly, you know. So I think there might be a uh, they might have an Achilles heel that just got uncovered in DC. What do you think is going to happen with people that have Bucks and Nets tickets when those two teams meet in the second round? Right. Yeah, I think generally the consensus is the Nets are the best team in the NBA. I, I can't disagree with that. Um, the Nets are all the way down to plus one ninety. <laughs> With, you know, two more series to go. And uh, if they, you know, once they advance past Boston. And, um, yeah, I think generally the Nets are the best team in the NBA and the Bucks are, uh, you know, kind of a distant second or third place in the East. And then I did want to ask you one hockey question because the Toronto Maple Leafs blew a 3 1 uh, series lead. <laughs> How did, were people bailing on the Maple Leafs before game seven, or a lot of people go down with the ship on that one? A lot of people went down with the ship. The best story about that series, we sold a, when the Canadians were down three to one, we sold a $45 ticket at odds of 220 to one. That $45 ticket would pay $10,000. And if that props up customer wants, they could sell it for eight fifty right now and not even care how the next series goes. So there is plenty of money to be made in hockey is my Moral that story. Well, he is Luke Perk Dandy from Prop Swap. Luke, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Tyler. Have a good week. 
It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. All right, Joshua has gotten two in a row right. Got the Oakland A's and then got the Golden Knights in game seven was the one that he picked against the Wild. So, Joshua, where would you like to go for today's games? Okay, we're going to go with something easy today. Don't make it too difficult. The Brooklyn Nets. All right. Close out the series. We're going to take the Brooklyn Nets just to win, close out the series. All right, we're giving it to you. We're not even going to worry about the point spread. We'll give you the Nets simply to win, just the money line for the Brooklyn Nets. All right, so if the Nets do beat the Celtics today, we'll be talking to you again tomorrow, Joshua. Good luck. All right, thanks, man. All right, so there is the Nets. Listen, we are trying to get somebody at least close to giving away a jersey because we have a mystery jersey to give away for this. If Joshua wins this, he'll be up to three, which is still nowhere close. we got to get to eight to just tie our previous record. So that's our goal here. Get somebody close to that so we can give away, or at least get close to giving away this jersey. So Joshua has the Nets. Um, Adam, by the way, in this series, Nets-Celtics, what have I missed? Because I have not actually seen Kyrie Irving stepping on the Celtics logo. I'm sorry, stomping. Stomping on, on Boston the Celtics, Celtics logo? logo? Oh, sorry. Because it's Kyrie Irving, and so it has to be stomping. Um, <laughs> hey, at least he didn't stamp on it. And he did not stamp. It was not like a river dance. Um, the, 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 here's the thing. This, that is maybe oh, the most boy. interesting thing that's happened in this series. Um, <laughs> the, like, this has been an awful watch. Um, this is not a series that we really should have forced either team to play. Like The Celtics don't want to be here other than Jason Tatum. The Nets, frankly, are too good for the Celtics. So, by the way, also, I want to throw in there, um, you clearly do want to get someone to win if you're giving away minus 850 money lines yes. like you are tonight on Brooklyn. Yes. No, okay, all right. So we, we've been doing this this Find the Sharp contest, and we've never had anything to give away with it. People just call in to give us their picks, and our record holder is eight, and that was the second ever Sharp we had back in September. Uh, we've had one guy get to seven since then. Nobody else has gotten past five. So we've kind of stopped even talking about the actual lines in games and kind of just want somebody to get relatively close. That would be nice. So, yes, Joshua has gotten two in a row, and he's got the Nets tonight just to win. Adam, we started inventing mulligans involving <laughs> the Australian <laughs> Soccer League so that we could keep people's streaks going, and it didn't help. No. Oh, no, I, I, I've i been here for the Mulligans. Yeah, I'm just amazed that it, we've reached the point where it's like, yeah, 12 and a half point favorite. Don't even worry about the yeah. points. No. You can just have them. It, yeah, we don't care about them because here's the thing. For some reason, the Celtics will win tonight. That's just the way this ends up happening. Like we had the Golden Knights took a 3-1 lead on the Minnesota Wild. Whoever our sharp was picked the Golden Knights in all three games after that. And two of them obviously lost. Like things do not go well for our sharps. Just not not good. So we had somebody pick their goal plan was to pick against the Buffalo Sabres, and they only made it two games. The that most was, important the most important thing that's gonna happen at some point in the next hour is you guys are gonna tell me off air who the mystery jersey is. Okay, yeah, we can let you know. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else can know until until Joshua gets a little bit closer, until we give him a few more minus eight fifty favorites and maybe he gets up to five or something. But we will tell you we will tell Adam who the mystery jersey is. You guys are all gonna have to earn it. Earn the information. Get closer. It's a good jersey. It's a fun jersey. It's a, it's a very on-brand jersey for Jared and Tyler. Two.